to bring to the Gentiles the news of the boundless riches of Christ and to make everyone see what is the plan of the mystery hidden in ages in God who created all things. So that through the church, the wisdom of God in its rich variety might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose that he has carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have access to God in boldness and confidence through faith in him, the word of the Lord. Gospel according to St. Matthew, the second chapter. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea. For so it has been written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Will you pray with me? 
Good and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto you. Amen. So, this is another interactive sermon from the intern. (laughs) Turn to page six in your bulletins. Down there at the bottom, you'll find on the left, the, verse, the first verse of O Little Town of Bethlehem. We're going to sing that with some help from Justin. <coughs> That was lovely, thank you, thank you. I begin with these words today because of the final phrase of that verse. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. I think it captures this story that we read from the Gospel of Matthew today. And now perhaps you're thinking to yourself, Wait a minute, this is a song about the night that Jesus was born. This is not about the wise men visiting Jesus and his mother in Nazareth. So I ask you to bear with me for a few minutes. The book of Matthew begins with the most Jewish of all beginnings. Listen to the first verse of the first chapter of this book an account of the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Literally, the first verse of the first chapter of this book links Jesus to David, the most important king in the history of the Jewish people, and to Abraham, the father of the Jewish people. Basically, this author of Matthew is saying to the readers, This Jesus is really, really, really Jewish, you guys. So pay attention. And then our story that we read from the second chapter of Matthew today begins with these references to the time and the places that hit all the right Jewish references. Just here in the first verse, we find out that this story is happening while Herod a cruel and harsh man ruled over the Jews. And we also learned that this story references Bethlehem in Jerusalem, both places that Jewish people would recognize as important. Bethlehem because it was referenced in the Old Testament as a place where a new and important Jewish leader would be born, and, Je- and Jerusalem because it was the center of Jewish life, the location of the temple and the central government. But like any good biblical story, this story takes an interesting twist. Imagine into this very, very 
very Jewish story, this beautiful Jewish story that's kind of going along, playing like this nice Jewish melody with some good chords, and then all of a sudden, that was my attempt at a record scratch. Wise men from the East turn up. That's not Jewish, right? To a Jewish reader of Matthew, this would be surprising, intriguing. What we know so far from reading this book is that Jesus is a good Jewish boy, perhaps born under some unusual circumstances, but tied through family and scripture to Judaism. And then all of a sudden, some non-Jews from another country show up to pay him homage? By the way, while we read wise men in the translation here, a better way of talking about this is magi. The Greek word for wise is actually better translated as astrologer or sorcerer, even wizard, though not the Harry Potter type. So while we might hear wise and think experienced or knowledgeable, what it's meant here is more in line with people who study the stars. And so bottom line, into this very, very, very Jewish story are inserted people who were scientists and who practiced a religion other than Judaism. And so into this unexpected occurrence, into this very non-Jewish event, Oh, that was more of a car tire, sorry. Anyway, you know what I meant. Into this place is where hope and fear, the hopes and fears of all the years, enter the story. The Magi come to Jerusalem in hope. They travel far, probably for weeks, maybe for years, based on the movement of stars. They travel in hope to find a baby, maybe a toddler, to worship. They seek in hope advice from the current Jewish leadership, that's King Herod, on where they might find this important child. And as expected, all of this prompts fear. Our scripture tells us that when Herod heard the Magi's questions, he was frightened. And all of Jerusalem with him. All of Jerusalem? News travels fast in this city? But I suppose that when you live under a cruel and tyrannical leader and that person is afraid, bad things are on the horizon for you too. And so Herod calls together all the people he knows the chief priests and the scribes, who are supposed to explain what's going on, all the people who are supposed to be able to strategize the next move, all of the people in Herod's kingdom who are supposed to be able to control what happens next. And they share their knowledge that yes, indeed, these visitors from far away who shouldn't know anything who don't have any investment in what goes on with the leadership of the Jewish people, indeed these very, very, very non-Jewish people are onto something. 
And so Herod reacts in fear. He speaks to the Magi privately, and we know that his words about wanting to also worship this child are not sincere. We know that he seeks to destroy this child. We don't know what the Magi understand or comprehend of what Herod says, though they go on their way. They leave Jerusalem and continue their quest, and that when they finally locate this child at his home, they are overwhelmed with joy. And this is joy to the max, exceeding great rejoicing joy. And here again is hope. Hope found in this child. Hope found in these gifts the Magi bring. Hope under a star. So isn't this a pattern that we see in our own lives? Hope, fear, hope. Hope in new life, in a new relationship, in a new job, even in a new year. And then fear in what sometimes comes, in illness and divorce and broken families and unemployment and financial concerns and pain and addiction and loss. I think particularly in this time in our country of political unrest and upheaval, fear has cast a pall over many of us, if not most. Fear has a hold of us, and it seems almost sharper and more divisive in this particular time, in this Christmas season, a time when we're supposed to feel more generous, more hopeful, more kind, and, well, frankly, happier than any other time of the year. So over and over again, I've been asking myself, where is this hope? to this overwhelming fear. My daughter and I were driving back from SeaTac a few weeks ago, and we were admiring all the Christmas lights, especially those on the hills around the Tacoma Narrows Bridge. It can be so dark there, and if you look up over the hills of Tacoma, you see all these twinkling Christmas lights. Even through the dark and the rain, they shone brightly. And we were talking about how people who put these lights on their homes don't really do so for their own benefit. I mean, if you think about it, if you're inside your own home, you can't see your Christmas lights, right? Right, no. And so in essence, you have to be outside your house. You have to be somebody driving by or flying over or passing by on, your, on a walk to enjoy these beautiful Christmas lights. They're enjoyed more fully and more often by others. And maybe we don't even realize this, but these lights, these little beacons of hope, are for our neighbors. Could they be little stars shining into the lives of other people? Could we imagine ourselves as shining our light, our Christ-given light? for the world. Our text from Isaiah today assures us that indeed, this light of ours is for others. It says, arise, shine, for your light has come. The glory of God has risen upon you. Into darkness, gloom, despair, and longing, 
shines this light that is for all. All nations and kings, all sons and daughters, all people, all creation. And Paul writes in Ephesians that his purpose, the purpose of the gospel, is to make everyone, everyone, see what is the plan of the mystery hidden for the ages in God who created all things, to make everyone see. Biblical scholar Mark Allen Powell writes that sometimes God's people become light for others, and sometimes God's people appear blind to the light that others can see, but always, always, the light is there as God graciously and mysteriously and defiantly breaks into our human lives. Breaks into our human lives through the dark and the rain, through the fear, with hope. This hope that the Magi sensed and followed, this hope that brought them to their knees as they fell down to worship this baby with exceeding joy, rejoicing joy, joy to the max. This hope that recognized in Christ Jesus God broke into humanity and even as a baby drew people to himself who grew to walk among ordinary people and who met them in extraordinary ways, who healed and taught and fed and forgave and who spoke new life into dying hearts, who assured the hopeless and the fearful that light was in them and among them, who died on the cross and took human sin, your sin and mine, unto himself, and who gave freedom, freedom from fear, even in today's uncertainty, and freedom to hope, especially in today's uncertainty. Freedom to love others, no matter who they are or where they are or how much they might disagree with you and I. Freedom to share the boundless riches of faith. Freedom even to call on to seek the Lord Emmanuel to come to us, to abide with us. So it's your turn again. Turn to your bulletins in page six. We're gonna end today with the final verse of O Little Town of Bethlehem. Pay attention to the last lines. 